Today's scripture comes from 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 14. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, he will surely do it. The prophet Isaiah tells us that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What is God's will for me? That is a very common question among followers of Jesus. What exactly does God want me to do? Does he want me to be a cashier, a teacher, a custodian, a missionary? Does he want me to start a Bible study, join a book club, stop hitting my sibling? Yes, that last one definitely. All kidding aside though, it's not always clear what God has for us specifically. Many times, He reveals this to us as we just go through our lives, as we continue to pray, read his word, and seek the advice of of godly friends. But while God's specific plans are not always clear, we can know God's will for us every single day because the passage shows us this. Regardless of anything else, we're told to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, And give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so at the very least, this is what God has called us to. This is God's will for you and me. So let's unpack this. First thing here is that God's will for us is to rejoice always. Now to rejoice, it means to be glad, to have joy. And we can rejoice that God is God that he's good, compassionate, just, and merciful. We can rejoice over the ways and the work of the Lord. And we can rejoice and adore Jesus simply because of who he is. Philippians 4.4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. We can also rejoice and praise God when we ace a test, when we get a promotion at work, and when we're finally able to afford that brand new car. But the always in Rejoice Always means having joy even when the weight of the world is on our shoulders. And that's not because having tons of stress and pain is a joyous thing, because it's not. But because our joy is found in Christ rather than on our circumstances, we can rejoice always. We can maintain an attitude of joy despite losing our job, failing a class, or having to use that money for the new car 
to pay hospital bills instead. Because our joy is not based on the things that change around us. It's based on the goodness of our God, who does not change. It's based on Jesus, our Savior. And Romans 12, 12 echoes this passage. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. And so we can rejoice in hope because of who Jesus is and what he has done. Rejoicing is all about having joy in him. Several years ago, our family went through a very difficult and uncertain time. And we had cause to be angry, and we were. We had cause to be anxious, and we were. And we had cause to cry, and we did. But Emily, she began to pray that God would give us supernatural joy in the situation. And as we prayed for this, God did just that. He gave us joy in the midst of that time. Now, we still were not happy with the situation, but God gave us the ability to find joy in him, even in the midst of a very painful time. And he gave us the ability to trust him in that. And truly, our ultimate reason to have joy and be glad is Jesus. The wages of sin, as scripture tells us, is death. We were deserving of God's eternal condemnation. We have broken his commands. We've lived as his enemies. We've spurned his ways and sinned against him and against others. And yet, instead of pouring out his wrath, he poured out his love by sending Jesus to die in our place so that all who would trust in him would not be condemned but forgiven. Now, I don't know about you, but I've done some pretty awful things over the past 35 years of my life. I've lied, I've hurt people, been times that even I've told God that I hated them. I've wrapped up my life and worth around temporary things. I've ignored him. And quite frankly, there have been times when I've been a very, 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 very selfish jerk. And yet, the Son of God died and endured the horrific and dreadful wrath of God in our place in the place of those who don't deserve it, so that we could be reconciled to God, so that we would be completely forgiven through trusting in him, and so that we could live each and every moment with him, trusting in him, walking in the purpose for which we were made, which is to know him. If we focus on the great love of God in Christ, and the great cost of him giving up his life, we will always have reason for joy. What's more is that God's blessings in our lives are still another reason for us to rejoice always. Sometimes it really is the simple things. Friends, family, clean water, indoor plumbing, heat in the cold and air conditioning in the hot. Count your blessings. Because if we take time to focus on the little and big ways God has blessed us, we will also be enabled to rejoice even when our circumstances give us reason not to. 
And so number one, God's will is that we rejoice always. We're meant to find joy in Jesus. Number two, God's will for us is to pray continually. Again, Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Do we live our lives in continual communication with God in prayer? Do we seek him in prayer? Not just when we need something, but to connect with God our Father and to know him. We spend time talking to people that we want to get to know better. And as kids and even as adults, we spend time talking to our parents and and seeking their wisdom and help. And so how much more should we talk to the Lord in prayer to know him and to know his wisdom? And so is prayer our go-to in all situations? We come together as a church to pray and we're meant to be a people of prayer. We pray in praise to God. We pray for God to forgive us. We pray for God to heal and to help. We pray for him to give us wisdom. We cry out to God in pain. We cry out to God for strength. We utter quick prayers of help or praise in a given moment. We stop and pray when we hear someone is struggling. We have extended times of prayer. We also have short moments of prayer. But prayer is meant to be our lifestyle as Christians. And few people live in this lifestyle of prayer as much as my friend Deb Cavicchioli. She will stop and pray the minute something arises. If she witnesses an answer to prayer, she's grabbing a few people, whoever's around her, and praying, thank you, Jesus. If something happens where God's help is needed, she's gathering the people around her, and she's stopping and praying with us. Whenever we talk on the phone, we're praying at the end of our conversation. She lifts people up in prayer, and she rejoices in God through prayer, because prayer is meant to be our lifestyle. Now, oftentimes, when something goes awry, though, we immediately try to fix it, right? Something goes wrong, or like, how can I fix this? We'd only stop to ask God for his guidance and his intervention. In fact, sometimes that's the last thing we do rather than the first. We try to solve things ourselves and only later run to prayer. But I have found that going to God first is better, wiser, and saves a whole lot of stress. Some of you may know that I released a book this week, not bragging, There's, it, it has to do with the story. Um, what you may not know is that two weeks prior, I ran into a major roadblock where the formatting of the book came back and looked awful. I needed to fix it, I wasn't sure how, and so I did what any good Christian pastor would do in that situation. I panicked. I spent all day freaking out and trying to fix it. And I'm not quite sure when I actually prayed about it. Certainly not at first, but at some point I did. But even then, I wasn't really trusting God to come through. I was too busy freaking out. And yet somehow, at the end of the day, in God's mercy and grace toward me, things got fixed. Not perfectly, but good enough. Not because I panicked, but because God is good. And I realized at the end of that day when things worked out that had I run to prayer first, 
had I trusted God, had I gone to him first, I would have saved myself so much stress and agony that day. Let us pray at all times and in all circumstances. And while prayer is not always easy, it is a practice that we can build and grow in over time. Jesus actually demonstrates to us the, the great importance of prayer. Because of all people, you would think, well, Jesus, he's the son of God. He doesn't need to pray. And not to mention, he was extraordinarily busy. He was working all the time. And yet, Scripture tells us he always took time to meet with the Father. Mark 5, 16 says, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. If he, who was in perfect tune with God, still needed to pray at all times, so do we. He is our example of what it means to pray continually. So we're called to rejoice always, pray continually, and number three, God's will for us is to give thanks in all circumstances. We give him the credit for the good things in our lives. We're called to live in a state of continual gratitude. Now, when we're successful at something, we tend to take credit ourselves, right? Look at what I've done. Look at what I've achieved. Look at how much money I've made. And while, yes, the effort you put in was important, at the end of the day, everything good we have is a gift from God. We can think of things, both individually and as a church, that God has blessed us with. We're called to thank him for those things. And I can think of, for one, this building that we are in continual thanksgiving for after the fire. And one thing I am truly grateful for is to be your pastor. We're called to thank God in all circumstances. But that all circumstances part can be tricky. It's a lot harder to be grateful when circumstances are difficult. But I believe we can always find something to be grateful for. I had a friend many years ago go on a mission trip to Kenya. And where he was, the Christians there really had very, very little. But what struck him is that they were constantly saying, we are so blessed. We can always be grateful. We can always see blessings that God has given us. We don't need to be thankful for bad situations. But we can be thankful for what God is doing in them or the very sheer fact that he has not and will not leave us in them. Even in the midst of the worst days of our lives, we can still live in gratitude. Because God is still God. And as we live in gratitude toward him, we're reminded that as he has been faithful before, he will be faithful now and again. And as we acknowledge that what we have comes from him, we begin to understand we're not ultimately dependent on ourselves or our boss or our job or our friends, but rather we are dependent wholly and completely on him. He is our provider. 
And so let us live in gratitude toward the Lord because there's always something to be grateful to him for. And this is God's will. Whether you know for sure what God has called you to do individually at this point or at this point in your life, his will for you and for me on any given day is to rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. And so as we go about our days, by the grace of God, let us do just that. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that you have shown us in your word what you call us to. We thank you for your love and mercy. We praise you for your goodness. And we ask that you would help us to rejoice always, to pray continually, and to give thanks in all circumstances. When that is easy, Lord, and when that is difficult, help us to see you working, knowing that you are. I pray for all of us here that are struggling with something. All of us struggle with something. And I pray in the midst of these things, you would help us to find hope and strengthen you and rejoice in who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.